Thank you, Peter. Let's pray. As we heard those words of the prayer for today about the healing touch of Jesus, about his power to transform lives as we come to God's word now, would it bring a healing touch to our lives? Would its power transform who we are? In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. When an Alaskan pipeline was being built, there were many Texans who went to Alaska to gain work on that pipeline. The Texans, however, could only work for a few hours in the weather, whereas the Eskimos, the native Alaskans, could work indefinitely in the cold. A study was undertaken to find out why the Eskimos could withstand the weather. They found no physiological differences between the Eskimos and the Texans. There was nothing in their skin thickness, their blood, or any other thing physically that would explain their differences in their ability to withstand temperatures. The answer only came when they did a psychological study. The difference was the Eskimos would say, we know it's cold, but there was a job to be done. In other words, their focus was on the job and achieving what they were working for rather than on the weather. In contrast, the Texan focused on the weather and that kept them from focusing on the job at hand. Our focus matters. The very essence of staying focused is the avoidance of distractions. Even the most capable and competent person will struggle if they lose their focus. Within our Christian lives and our church, focusing on Jesus is what enables us to be effective in growing his kingdom and bearing his fruit in our lives. This fallow time intentionally allows us the opportunity to refocus ourselves upon God. Because when we lose our focus, we are taken off task. And when we're taken off task, we lose our purpose. And when we lose our purpose, we lose the vision and mission that we were created for. As Nehemiah 6 starts, the rebuilding of the wall is nearly complete. We've got through those initial teething problems, survived the middle dip, and now the end comes into sight. Now, for the last two weeks, we've been talking about facing opposition. And this week, our theme is supposed to be staying focused. But again, we see that this is 
in the face of opposition. In many ways, maybe this week should be titled Even More Opposition, but I was slightly worried if we did that, no one might have turned up. So as we get to this finish line, and God's people can begin to see before their eyes the fulfilment of God's purposes, it's at this point that the enemy turns up the heat. But this time, rather than attacking God's people as a whole, they turn their focus to Nehemiah, the leader. If they can bring the leader down, they think, that will stop the work. And today, leaders within church remain just as vulnerable to this. This attack is more subtle than the previous attempts. So verse 2, as we look in our Bibles, come, let us meet together. I mean, it sounds quite friendly, really, doesn't it? But Nehemiah sees straight through this. They were scheming to harm me. Some of the most dangerous attacks are the subtle undermining ones. The ones that on the surface may seem well-meaning, but underneath are meant for harm or to manipulate a different outcome. Nehemiah responds, verse 3, I am carrying on a great project. I love these words. I am carrying on a great project. It draws me back to the great and awesome God that Nehemiah continually points us to from that very first prayer in Nehemiah 1. The project is great because it's the great and awesome God's project How important it is for us to remember the work, the project, the vision, the mission. It isn't ours. It's the great and awesome God's. And Nehemiah clearly knows this. Continually returning his focus and the people's focus to his great and awesome God. Carrying on with the work that God has given him. I am carrying on, he says, despite the attacks, despite the challenges, despite the opposition. Do we stay faithful to the work God has given us to do? When opposition comes, when challenges come, Do we keep our focus fixed on God so we can carry on his great work? And then Nehemiah continues, I cannot come down. Why should the work stop for me to come down to you? Now, geographically, Ono is below Jerusalem. But Pastor Eric Mason suggests this. I 
don't think the significance is only geographical. It's a helpful reminder that when you're focused on anything that's not God's will, even though it may appear appealing and attractive in lots of other ways, it is always a step down. When you're focused on anything that's not God's will, even though it may be appealing and attractive in lots of other ways, it's always a step down. But Nehemiah is clear, he is not stepping down. He is not stepping away. He is not stepping out of what he believes God has called him to do. So clear, he repeats it four times. And note here the persistence of the enemy. Rarely do we come under attack once and then he gives up. He comes again and again and again, seeking to distract us, seeking to knock us off course, bringing doubts to lessen our confidence or conviction. He knows if he can get us to drop our eyes to our human circumstances rather than fix them on God, He knows if he can get us to step down or away just enough to turn away from God, he has won. What areas in our lives do we need to say, I'm not stepping down? I'm not stepping away. I'm staying focused on God, I'm staying the course for him. In verse 5, we then see that Sambalat sends a fifth request. But this time, it's a bit different. The messenger also has with him an unsealed letter. Now, letters at this time would be guarded and protected. Being a messenger was a serious business, and letters would be sealed as part of this protection. The messenger guarded the message with his life. So an unsealed letter would be highly unusual. So what does this mean? What it means is, The messenger is able to share the message wherever he goes, with whoever he meets as he travels. And this is exactly what Sambalit wants. As many people as possible to hear what he has to say. He is now resorting to slander to bring down Nehemiah. False accusations that he wishes to be king. Verses 6 and 7. You are about to become their king. You have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation, Sambalit accuses. At this time, it would have been the prophets that would announce a new king. Nehemiah 
gives a very direct and immediate response. I quite like it. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. He recognises they are trying to weaken the work. They're trying to create fear. And his response shows great wisdom. He gets that none of this is really about him. It's about God's kingdom being built. Nehemiah knows that the battle belongs to the Lord. So waste no time defending himself, justifying the work, or allowing the words of attack and opposition to bring him down. He simply stays focused on God's work. Martin Luther King is quoted as saying this. Seldom, if ever, do I pause to answer criticism of my work and ideas. Because if I sought to answer all of the criticisms that cross my desk, my secretaries would be engaged in little else in the course of the day, and I would have no time for constructive work. And immediately we see, following Nehemiah's response, Nehemiah does, which is no surprise to us, pray. He prays again. He knows it's only in God's strength that he can stand. Verse 9, but I prayed, now strengthen my hands. It's one of those arrow prayers that Kate was encouraging us to share the other week. A God help prayer. Now you would think by now we've had enough opposition, enough slander, enough lies. Surely we've had enough of the opposition, right? No. We read on into verse 10 and hear about Shemaiah who tries to entice Nehemiah to meet him in the temple. It's another offer of a meeting. When we looked back in Nehemiah 3 and we looked at what it meant to work together, we read of all those people helping to rebuild the walls. And it can create for us a beautiful picture of everyone coming together beautifully to work together for God's purposes. But yet, we've read time and time again of the opposition the undermining and the attacks that Nehemiah and God's people had to endure for God's purposes to happen, for the walls to be rebuilt. There is often a thinking that if we come under attack and opposition, surely we must have done something wrong. And yet so often... It is the opposite. As we forge ahead, as we seek to step out into God's will and to work for him and his kingdom, it's then so often we can come under attack. 
But this time, the attack comes from within, from a prophet. When our own come against us, it can be especially painful to deal with. While Shemaiah's words may seem to be for the good and the protection of Nehemiah, they are meant for his downfall. They're coming to kill you. Hide in the temple, Shemaiah says. But Nehemiah knows, according to the Torah, Old Testament law, no one enters the temple but the priest. Shemaiah's plan contradicts God's word. So Nehemiah knows it's meant to take his focus away from God and God's work. So again, immediately and directly, he refutes Shemaiah's request. Now there's a side note here on the importance of knowing God's word. In Psalm 119, we read, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Nehemiah keeps grounded in God's word and this helps him to stay focused. If we want to keep focused, we need to keep in God's word. Time and time again we've seen Nehemiah has to discern what is the voice of God and what is the voice of the people. What is a distraction? What is divine? Who is working for the rebuilding of God's kingdom? And who is working against it? And we read on in verse 14 that there were other prophets that continued to try and undermine and distract Nehemiah from God's work. Yet Nehemiah consistently avoids falling into their traps. Why? Because he knows his great an awesome God, because he chooses to place his trust in God and because he leans constantly on his God in prayer. Nehemiah had to be sure of his calling and his belief to stay focused in the face of fears conspiracy and distractions. When we stay focused on what God wants us to do in and through us, then his staying power is revealed in and through us. When we stay focused on what God wants us to do in and through us, then his staying power is revealed in and through us. Whatever struggles, whatever distractions, whatever oppositions we may face, may we 
fix our eyes firmly upon God. Trust in his faithfulness and lean constantly on him in prayer. I want to end this morning with some verses from Philippians 3 and they're titled Focused on the Goal. Now, the translation I'm going to use is the message translation. Philippians 3, focused on the goal. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eyes on the goal where God is calling us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. But there's far more to life for us. Let's pray. Father, we are so aware in our lives and in this world, there are so many distractions, so many challenges. So many situations that can force us to turn away from you, to put our focus on our earthly circumstances and situations above you. Father, as we gather in worship today, whatever struggles we come with, whatever battles we are facing, wherever we may be feeling weary or worn out on the journey. Father, would you help us to lift our eyes and fix them firmly upon you? Would you help us to keep our focus upon your will and your work that through us and in us, our lives would be transformed and your kingdom 
would continue to grow in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. As I spoke earlier, knowing God's word is one of those things that can really help us stay focused. Another thing that's really important and helps us is knowing what we believe. And we did that as we journeyed through the creed last year. What is it we believe? What is our belief, our faith rooted and grounded in? So we're just going to now enter another time of worship. We're going to begin singing the creed song. I believe, affirming what we believe in. So let's stand and worship together as we sing, I believe.
virgin birth, I believe in the saints' communion, and in your holy church, I believe in the resurrection, when Jesus comes again, for I believe in the name Thank you.